Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL podcast channel. In this episode today, it's finally here. The CDL kind of a little bit preseason is starting. We finally get to make some predictions for the single elimination kickoff classic. Uh, and we actually have a decent bit of news. So they're just going all out, giving us a ton to talk about in our real first kind of episode of the 2022 CDL season. So we're going to be getting into all that news. We got some retirements, uh, some GA news. First, it was bad. Now it might be okay. And then we're going to get into the the bracket and make our predictions for the kickoff classic. But before we get into that, Kyle, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing okay. Uh, I've been a little bit under the weather here. Just uh I mean very mild. Um Yeah. I don't know, just like I don't know if it's uh COVID or what, but uh <laughs> just like sore throat and whatever, but uh so I've been just hanging around hanging around home, uh not really doing a whole lot. Um but yeah, I mean I uh you know, we're we're actually recording this a day before what we normally do. I was uh, kind of ripping and raring to, uh, you know, get a pot out. You know, there's been a little bit more news, and obviously, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with the tournament actually this weekend, it's uh, I'm starting to get a little bit more excited about, um, you know, this year of competitive than uh, you know the long months of nothing that we've been dealing with. So yeah, we've actually yeah. got something legit to. I mean, it's not technically for actual points, but teams aren't gonna just like completely troll and not try like we're gonna actually be able to see and learn something about the teams like for real which is exciting um but if you guys enjoy this video on youtube please be sure to leave a like comment and subscribe uh, as well as if you're on the audio platforms drop a follow on there and drop a review if you can we'd appreciate it um we just dropped that or i guess it was a solo episode for me kyle was a little busy but we dropped that mini little episode just giving our thoughts uh, if that's something you guys would like to see more often, that'll be probably YouTube exclusive throughout the season, just because it's pretty uh, hard to just upload like an eight minute or less than 10 minute little like mini pod onto all the audio platforms. So um, if you guys are on the audio platforms and listening, we're going to probably do in mini reactions to like roster changes and like big news uh, that doesn't really want to wait until the the Monday or Tuesday when we record the pod. So come check us out on YouTube because that'll probably be some exclusive content that isn't on audio platforms, but that was kind of fun to do. I think Kyle and I are both looking forward to potentially doing that when roster changes happen throughout the year. Just do like a quick five to 10 minute reaction or something because I think reacting in real time, sometimes you get more raw and like unfiltered thoughts that can maybe be a little better than when you're able to sit on it for uh, five days and it kind of loses some of its luster when um, the news drops and you wait five days to talk about it. But just let us know in the comments if that's something you guys would like to see more during the season. But without further ado, we'll just jump right into the news. Um, first headliner, big name in the Call of Duty scene, retired from competitive COD, and that is Parasite. He announced his retirement after an extremely long career. I mean, the dude's was the first ever Call of Duty World Champion. He won the first ever champs in Black Ops 2 and had some pretty good success in the following few titles. Won, I believe it's seven tournaments is what he has listed, like seven uh, pro tournaments and like eight challengers tournaments pretty pretty crazy resume um and pretty long-term success obviously over the last few seasons and few years he hasn't been in the pro league but he's been like one of the best challengers players if not the best challengers player uh, and a lot of the players that he brought up in challengers over the last few years have come into the league and become very successful he's one of the all-time goats i mean he's in that exclusive club of having a ring there's not a lot of players that can say they have a ring uh, and he's in there obviously an all-time legend kind of sad to see him go but I get it. I mean, if he felt like his chances in the pro league, like he wasn't going to have another chance, I can I can understand how just constantly competing in challengers, uh, especially with the state of the last few games, could be really frustrating. So sad to see him go, but shout out to Hagee for a pretty legendary career. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you know, those who've been with us for a while will remember that I uh, you know, <laughs> maybe mistakenly put him in my top 15 of all time when we did that. Uh, you know, it was pretty early on. Maybe maybe I was still nervous to be on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, but nonetheless, obviously, there's no denying that he's been one of the uh, mainstays in all things competitive Call of Duty. Um, obviously, a very polarizing uh, figure to some. I mean, you know, there it seems like he was kind of always embroiled in some kind of, uh, you know, drama, it seems like. But, um, you know, I, I guess since the flank has, you know, kind of come out, he's been more of a... Uh, He's been more personable, I guess. You know, he's offered some good uh, insight into competitive. and um, But, you know, at the end of the day, he just found that, you know, scrimming and the whole grind of being an actual player in the competitive scene was not for him um, anymore. It wasn't bringing him the same joy that it once did. Um, yeah. So ultimately, for you know, for his mental health and... Uh, just for his own personal desires, he decided to hang it up, but uh, did say in tweets that he's still looking to um, be involved in the scene one way or the other. Um, obviously, he has a great eye for amateur up-and-coming talent. Um, maybe mm-hmm. him and Zuma's cousin can uh, pair up and be <laughs> like the next great scouting conglomerate, um, since they both seem to have a good eye for challengers players. Um but yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, it would be like it would be nice to see him stick around. Uh, yeah, probably make a fantastic coach. Yeah, we've seen with a lot of these retirements in the last year or two that um, they all tend to stick around in some way or another. They all uh, tend to, uh, you know, um, continue either streaming content, producing, coaching, whatever. So, uh, you know, be looking out for Parasite at a uh, Call of Duty something or other related near you yeah 100 percent. i'm sure he'll be around the scene i hope he is because uh i would also like to see him get to one of the developers and be somebody that would work on the competitive side of the game because i think he'd be absolutely fantastic at that and he's very passionate about it uh so i think like when we saw like merc and mud dog go to the studios and they helped with a lot of things and help with getting a good elo system in for world war ii like rambo rated that as well uh and i mean we'd we'd love to see him potentially uh, at one of the studios and trying to help us or fight for us and help us get a more competitive game. I know it'd be a very uphill battle, but I know he'd be great at that. So that's something I'd like to see him do. But I, I also hope he sticks around the scene. He, he was talking a little bit about it on the flank and saying like he's going to stream, but he's going to stream what he wants. And uh, that's one thing I always liked about Haggy is he did what he wanted and he did it his way and he wasn't going to change for anyone. I mean, for the most part, sometimes that maybe have hurt him in his career because he was pretty hard headed and stubborn and he, definitely made a lot of enemies along the way with uh his unwillingness to compromise and sometimes you could say his toxic way with his teammates but you know what that probably also helped build the call of duty scene in a way because like when he first came around on that freako team like they were just arrogant and cocky and like because they were the best and they knew it and they were not afraid to tell you and i think that was good for the scene because you had guys like optic who were constantly finishing top four who had the most fans but then you had this like arrogant team that was kind of just always talking trash and people hated and at the time you know they hated them they wish they weren't around but you know when you look in hindsight all those optic fans i'm sure are pretty thankful for them because it created great storylines and that's what haggy was always there for so uh again shout out to haggy shout out to parasite legendary career uh the call of duty scene would absolutely not be the same without him because he played a vital part in those early years and his role as the villain of the scene and 
I feel like it gets forgotten a lot because he's been a challenger for so long, but he was a nasty player early in his career. And I mean, he was pretty consistently good. Uh, he just maybe didn't have uh, as good of teams down the stretch because of a lot of burn bridges potentially, but like black ops too. I mean, he was disgusting in that game uh, when they won champs and for a few years after that, I mean, he was absolutely disgusting. They won like three events in a row with Frico. You can't, you can't uh, be a below average player and go on a run like that, that very few teams have done. So, uh, I don't think I have too much more to say about him, but just shout out for a legendary career. Yeah, for sure. All right. Next thing is a topic that, speaking of passion and just yelling about something like Hagee would do, this is something I'm passionate about. I was down bad. I tweeted about it. And then it seems like maybe it changed back to what I and everybody else in the spectator pool wants to see. So snipers, like CDL Intel said, snipers are GA'd. Everybody was in an outrage in terms of spectators and even the casters like Miles was raging about it. Chance was raging about it. Like everybody was talking about it. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like, I think it seems like we bullied them into un them <laughs> and now they're not GA'd, I think is the latest update. So snipers are back in, I think, for S&D, which I'm super happy about because once again, I get that GAs need to happen. I get that there's some broken things, especially in this game, but look, the snipers are just not that broken. I mean... They're way less broken than they were in Cold War. And like if you think they're so broken, just make it so you can't put any attachments on it so they don't get increased damage or faster fire rate and they have like three bullet mags in this game. So just make it so they have no attachments and make them snipe just with a clean sniper, no attachments. And uh, I think it's very good that hopefully they stick around in the game because, I mean, like one of the arguments people were saying was because Simp was like too good with it. He was like, destroying their teams too much like what kind of argument is that because somebody's better than you you take out the sniper like i was losing full reading some of the explanations like because simp can take over a map and win a game that's why you ga it well maybe you should just get better and be as good as simp at sniping practice like i don't know like what kind of mindset is that i was so upset when i saw i was out but i'm, I'm glad it's back in because snipers are so good for the spectator uh point of view and the pros have to realize sometimes that it's not all about making the game better i get it some things definitely need to be ga'd Snipers aren't so broken to the point that they absolutely destroy the game and they make it more fun to watch, which this game, this game needs a lot of help with. Yeah, there was a good discussion on, um, on the flank that I was listening to earlier about this. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think clay had a really good point. He said that, um, you know, the pros aren't doing this whole GA stuff to, you know, intentionally drive down viewership or increase hate towards them. They're trying to do it to make the game somewhat competitive and uh, bearable and watchable and playable for them. Um, so I'm not exactly sure where I stand having not, you know, actually loaded loaded into a lobby um, and played with, you know, whatever, uh, you know, varying attachments or whatever they're going to do for the sniper. Um, I will say this, though. I am a big fan of having them in the game. I think that... Uh, you know, even if you just keep it to obviously only search and destroy, I think it creates, um, you know, a really interesting dynamic within that game mode that yep. I don't think uh, has existed for the last, uh, you know, especially in Cold War. Uh, we did not see that at all, um, obviously. And, and S&D was stale. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as good as uh, it could have been. And I think that. uh you know, we've we've seen some sniper battles in the past, uh, obviously, with like most recently in Col uh, in Modern Warfare. Uh, you know, we had, um, you know, Simp, Dashy, 
Wuskin when he was uh, oh, yeah. in the league. Uh, you know, some guys that really like, you know, you had to watch what they were doing on the map uh, whenever they loaded into SND because, you know, they were bound to get a pick or something. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's really, uh, I, I hope that they find a way to play with snipers. I, I think they're going to be playing with them for the kickoff event, but. I guess their their future is really like up in the air still. Um, yeah, I I just don't. There's no consistency in the argument at all because I get that the the main argument is like, oh, smokes are broken. There's one way smoke sometimes in the game, which I didn't. I've never seen that's an issue in this game, but I also haven't played uh, a ton of SD and a ton of like a ton with smokes. But I I just the argument is stupid to me because there was no smokes in Black Ops Four. Nobody used smokes in Black Ops Four, and we were using snipers the whole year. So like that the consistency in the argument just isn't there because over the past years we've had plenty of years with snipers in and no smoke so that just doesn't add up and also like they're talking about how it it makes the game inconsistent and uh, they don't like that they like consistency in the game well the inconsistency means that there's ups and downs of it like sometimes yeah that sniper will take over and they will win you a map and they'll drop a bunch of kills get a bunch of first bloods but sometimes like we've seen in plenty of games and when you've been playing competitive cod or just s and d in pubs with your friends in the past you all and everybody has that one friend that refuses to put down the sniper and they'll go one and ten in a search and they'll lose you the game with the sniper like that's gonna happen in the pro league too there's gonna be people that are missing their shots and they're gonna cost their team the game because they have the sniper out and can't trade a kill because uh, they don't have a sub or an AR when their teammate gets pushed. So there's a, there's a give and take with it. And like There are times when the sniper is going to take over and win you games, but there are times when having a sniper out is going to cost you. So like it, it, it's a give and take. And like saying it's it makes it inconsistent, well, that's part of the inconsistency that is good for the game when you have a sniper that can take over or lose you a game because it adds a wrinkle into search where like uh, players like Simp and Dashy and Wuskin, like you mentioned, can end up being special players and have more of an impact. And it also creates a specific role that gives a new player uh, more value to your team and adds value to players. Because like when a guy like Dashy can snipe, it makes him an infinitely more valuable player because we know he's one of the best snipers in the game. Obviously, like Simp, without the sniper, with a sniper, we know he's just infinitely valuable because he just dominates no matter what. But like a guy like Dashy or a guy like Wuskin probably wasn't doing a whole lot on the map and search, like you said, back in MW. But when he had the sniper in his hand, he became an impact player. So just makes the game more fun. I really hope they stay in because purely from a viewership hand, uh, standpoint it's just way better yeah exactly all right next piece of uh news the boston announcement uh, i don't have too much of a reaction to offer on this because like i said i did that little mini soda earlier in the week if you guys want to check that out pretty much offered my reactions my general thoughts were i like the roster it's interesting i can see where the potential is and i can see where the downfall is and it's in the same thing the subs uh obviously they're completely like unproven players in Capsidal and Nero, which I mean, we'll see how they do, but I like the roster, I like the potential. I think they seem to put in a lot of effort for their content video, like I said. So I'm excited to to see if that continues and they make a lot of content because that'll obviously be very good for the league. Branding wise, I was a little bit iffy. I don't know. I I, I guess I don't, I don't know. It's just like an outline B with an X in it. I don't know how much I liked it. I'm not too sure about the name yet because we haven't heard much like history on why they chose that name. And also, I didn't mention this in the little mini-sode, but I think it's awfully interesting they went with that white and like lime green and black because in case they haven't noticed, there's another team in the league that tends to be pretty popular named Optic that uses like that exact same colorway. So I thought that was kind of funny that they chose to go with those colors, but uh, I'm excited for the team overall. 
Yeah, I think um, I was pretty happy to see them put out a video uh, announcing their team. It's more than a handful of other teams have done. Um, yeah. Not just Paris. I'm not going to single them out, but there's a, f- you know, a number of other teams that haven't put as much effort into their roster announcement or their team branding or anything. Um, so, yeah, I, I think my thing with breach is like, I think, you know, it seemed like they were more or less going for like a tech, like a, like a cyber security kind of like a breach in the system or something. Uh, kind of like yeah. tying it into the whole esports, like, you know, obviously tech esports, whatever. Um, so I'm not exactly sure if it's gonna, you know, tie back to something Boston specific. It might just be like because it's craft ownership group and stuff that, you know, obviously in the New England area, so Boston. Um so it's not like they're gonna be like the Boston like revolutionaries or something, you know, with like the whole like tea party and, you know, founding of America yeah. stuff. I mean that that could have been a whole nother idea right there. So I'll I'll go ahead and trademark that right after the episode. <laughs> um but yeah, uh I uh I think the roster is going to be okay. I think the uh you know obviously they've been playing really well on scrims. We'll we'll get to, you know, where the, you know, uh where they might fall in the scrim intel power rankings pretty high actually, but uh I uh you know, I think this team could be pretty pretty good early. And uh last thing I'll say is if I see Capsule, you know, in an alleyway, I'm going to go the opposite way. Yeah, that dude yeah. is a unit. Yes, yeah, he, he literally looked like so out of place in that video because he was like a foot taller than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I was. I had a double take. I was like, oh, oh, that's uh, you know, <laughs> if, you know, if he flops in the first season of CDL, I think the uh, New England Patriots might just you know wrap yeah. him up into their contracts or whatever. But yeah, no kidding. Need a new left tackle. Here he comes. I mean, that dude yeah, is like six seven. I swear. All right. You got your thoughts all wrapped up on Boston. You want to move into yeah, those yeah. power rankings, or uh, actually, well, we can touch on this first. Uh, the new CDL GM addressed the competitive scene in like a new—I don't remember what they called it. It was like a CDL update or something. Uh, it was like basically like a competitive rundown, and I don't know if they said they were going to do them weekly or monthly, but they plan to do them more. Uh, just like an update on what's going on in the competitive scene, which is a positive. It's a positive development. We're going to be positive here today. Uh, they kind of went through, talked about like control changes that were happening and um, kind of like the roadmap and how the schedule was looking for the year, which this is a good thing to see. I mean, obviously, we've got a long way to go in communication and them showing that they actually care about the CDL. But this was a good first step and something that I'd like to see if it was like weekly or even like biweekly or monthly at the least to just like release a video. Here's the state of the CDL. This is what's coming up. This is like even if they could do like mini rundowns of what happened so people could catch up that weren't able to watch for the week or something but it's it's a positive step seeing them address the competitive scene and kind of talk about where things are going yeah so one of the things that i really liked is that he said that uh you know the cdl at least they they want to um they want to move up the uh the league launch uh in coming years and stuff which i think is one of the major gripes that we've had um you know with the game releasing in October or November and then waiting uh seemingly through the entire you know North American holiday season of like Thanksgiving and Christmas and then even into like we're in mid January right now and we haven't had a a CDL event yet um i think that's a huge disservice to 
the competitive fan base and any potential newcomers. Um, and he said that, that that's something that they'll look to address. And then I believe he was also talking about um, competitive pl- or uh, ranked play in the game as well. Um, I don't know. I, like you said, I think it's a good thing for them to be more transparent. Uh, even if this guy is just some like figurehead that can come out and give like a once or twice a month can come out and give like a five minute video of like what the, uh, what the CDL is doing or addressing any concerns. Um, and you know, one thing to prevent any kind of like addressing of these concerns, is just to just not have these things in the first place. But, uh, I think we always find that the developers are, uh, just intentionally or unintentionally finding ways to piss off the competitive scene. And then (laughs) it creates this, you know, groundswell of outrage uh that eventually just needs to be addressed and then you get a result like this but uh i'll give kudos to them but you know it's a it's we'll see if they remain consistent on their you know addressing the the scene or whatever yeah i i'm definitely hoping they do because it's seeing transparency like that is is obviously a positive because that's one of the things we always beg for is some kind of transparency. Like when there's issues, it seems like we can't get an answer for so long. So if that was a weekly or biweekly thing, uh, we could actually get answers in a relatively quick turnaround. That'd be nice. Or at least like uh, mention like, hey, we know this is an issue. We're working on it would be fantastic. But uh, last really piece of news we have to talk about before we get into the schedule uh, for the season that was announced. And then our predictions is the Scrim Intel uh power rankings they released i it's basically like his opinion the person that runs the account uh based on like scrim results i think unless you can correct me if i'm wrong but i'm basically that's what his power rankings are based off of is like the scrim results that we've been seeing uh like this is what he said on on the tweet he said these are heading into the kickoff classic i will say from third to eighth you could flip them all i was also close to switching florida and paris which is interesting to hear because for some reason i've feel like we heard like in the optic podcast we heard them saying florida was a pretty tough team to scrim and they were a pretty good team and based on like the results he's been seeing and all the scrims he's watched he's saying that you could potentially put florida at 12 below paris like that's absurd to hear but uh, i can read them off quick and then we can kind of talk about some specific teams because there are some teams that are like whoa they seem out of place or like that's shocking to see them there um so from one to 12 he has listed as phase optic ultra surge Breach at five, uh, Gorillas, Thieves, Subliners, Royal Ravens, Rocker, Kyle's down bad hearing them at 10, Florida, and Paris. So there's some teams, at least I can just give my quick opinions on the list as a whole, but there's some teams obviously like seeing like Phase, Optic, Ultra, one, two, and three in whatever order, not shocking. Uh, Surge at four and Breach at five, and uh, even Gorillas at six is a little bit shocking. Like that's probably higher than you'd expect all of them to be. Thieves at seven, kind of that middle of the pack where you expect. Subliners at eight, I, I feel like, at least in my opinion, is seems awfully low for like a Crim and Clay team. Expect them to be higher than that. Ravens at nine, that's probably about right. We figured they'd be in that seven to nine range. Rocker at 10, also shocking. Florida at 11, not too surprising for me. And then, I mean, Paris at 12. That's just every ranking ever. Paris is at 12, so that's not shocking. But what are your initial thoughts on seeing this? Yeah, I was just surprised to see like Surge, Breach, and Gorillas high. Um, I haven't been tuning into Twitch and watching scrims and you know, I, I, you know, I'm on Twitter a couple times a day and I, I see the, the results kind of come through on scrim and tell, uh, just on like what the map counts are. Um, 
not that I've been paying really close attention, but uh, I don't know. Maybe Surge and Breach are going to surprise us, uh, at least early on. Or, you know, this this entire thing could just be a flop and we could see the the one, two, three dominate like they they probably will. And then, you know, um, again, I was surprised to see New York at eight. I think that's surprising. Uh, Rocker at 10. I'm surprised, but not I'm not like down bad about it. Uh, I I don't know, like since they're 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 my like adoptive team now, uh, (laughs) I'm. I don't know. I I hope that they'll get better. Um, maybe this isn't their game, or they haven't started too hot. Um, but I, I have seen them, you know, not really dominating in scrims. Um, and it seems like scrim, scrims are really the only thing we have to go off of until we get, you know, through this tournament and then into league play or you know into these seeding matches uh, coming up with stage one and throughout. But um, yeah, I mean would it be too crazy to like put a flyer on surge or breach to like win this tournament single elim maybe yeah. they catch fire and just like catch a team he- on a bad day or on a heater or something like that that might be cool yeah here's the thing is i was just reading a couple of the top comments and they definitely made a good point is like if this is really like based on all the scrims we see you have to remember the only teams that stream scrims are pretty much optic and breach so it's only against those teams as well as he has Ultra at three, but everybody's saying that they haven't seen him scrim one time, so it's kind of tough to know where Ultra really are. Obviously, if we're basing them off last year, they're towards the top. And then also, this is only Hardpoint. Like, we haven't seen a single one of these teams play S&D, and we might be yeah. playing three S&Ds in the series this year, which could really bump Minnesota up, could really bump New York up. Uh, with Optics history and Surge, could bump them down. Uh, Surge being such a new team, that could bump them down. I could see Gorillas being really good at Surge, that could bump them up. Like, we gotta remember this is only streamed hardpoint scrim, so take it with a grain of salt. And like everybody else is putting Surge and Breach way down in their power rankings. So it's it's this is like his CDL power rankings going into the season. So to see Surge at four, like this is just absurd. And like I think the main talking point for me, as odd as this seems, is the fact that he's saying he could thinks he could switch Florida to twelve. Like, is that not really concerning to you? Like that he's that down on Florida? Like that's scary to me. Yeah, I mean, this is also like, I don't know. I mean, this guy has been, you know, collating scrim results for the entire preseason. So he's been seeing like, you know, box scores and stuff. So maybe Mutineers is just like, you know, in a in a rut right now or something. But uh, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm a little concerned with just like where certain teams are. Like to see Beavs at seven, I think that's pretty low for what they expect of themselves um yeah but i don't know um like i said i'm just i'm excited to see actual competitive call of duty played uh and then we'll be able to power rank and you know all will be right in the world once we get you know cdl points being awarded and stuff so yeah i mean one last little thing i have from the comments down here is uh i see a lot of people that you would like in the comments defending Minnesota asking why they're so low and everybody is saying that they've looked horrible in scrims and I haven't watched a lot of scrims like I said admittedly so that's interesting to hear that Minnesota has apparently looked so bad in scrims and somebody asked him in about Seattle and Boston being top five and they said there's just no way they're top five he's like to be honest I feel like I might have been caught up in the Boston night but I fully completely believe Surge are top five which man 
that CDL gets a lot more exciting if he's even close to right in the surge or like top eight. CDL gets a lot more exciting, but apparently your boys in Minnesota have been performing absolutely horrible in scrims. So I don't know if you got to give him a pep talk or give him a little more good energy or something, but Minnesota's got to get it going according to this guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess we'll, uh, we'll, <laughs> reassess, we'll, you know, We'll be we'll be monitoring the situation. You know the uh, the test results are still pending. <laughs> yeah, we um, got the whole we got the weekend test here coming up. Yeah, I mean the 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 doctor is out. You know it's it might not be looking good for the prognosis, but uh, you know we'll see we'll see. Yeah, well, I mean it'll be interesting. Unfortunately, like a lot of teams, we might only get to see one series, so it's really not going to be like a true huge sample size. But it'll be exciting. Um, but we've got the schedule release too. I think we can. Maybe just quickly outline that. There's not really like a whole lot to talk about, maybe besides like uh, some of the like land locations, but we'll just quickly outline the schedule and then just dive into our predictions for the rest of the pod. Uh, so the schedule is major one happens uh, March 3rd through the 6th, which is the Optic Texas land. Pretty sure it's taking place at what is it like Esports Stadium in Dallas, I think it is. Uh, and then the online portion will be February 4th through the 20th, like the qualified matches for it. Then Major 2, the online portion for qualifying in, qualifying is March 11th through the 27th with the Major happening uh, March 31st through April 3rd, and that one is scheduled through Minnesota. Uh, then there's a mid-season break, April 9th and the 10th. There's an All-Star Weekend online. The 24th of April is a Warzone tourney. And then on May 5th through the 8th, we've got a Pro-Am land uh, with no announced location and then 100k prize pool all 12 cdl teams will be there and then the top four challengers teams i'm assuming that'll be from the top team from each region based on like the elite series or something uh then we go to major three may 13th through the 29th online with june 2nd through the 5th being the toronto land uh, i have that one marked down it's the weekend of my birthday and i've always wanted to go to toronto so i have that marked down you may see me make an appearance at that land heading up to Canada, although they might not let me in uh, with the new uh, mandates and them not wanting anybody in. Uh, that's not Canadian, so we'll see when it gets there. Uh, and then Major 4, July 1st through the 17th is the online portion, and July 21st through the 24th is the New York LAN. And then I believe somebody said it was leaked that Challengers Champs is August 12th, so that probably means we'll see Champs the weekend of August 19th is what I'm assuming. but. That's what the outline is looking like. So as of now, we've got a uh, land in Dallas, Minnesota, Toronto, and New York, and then wherever champs and that pro-am land are. And I'm pretty confident I'll be going to one this year, thinking about going to that first optic land because uh, I've heard it's going to be like an old MLG event, which I'd love to go to, or I'm thinking about going to champs or Toronto. So I will keep you guys in the loop if I'm going to be at one of the events and should be a fun time. Uh, I'm excited for this this year. I would wish we had more more majors, but it's nice to kind of have a full outline of locations and stuff so you can start to plan a trip early if you're looking to go to a major. Yeah, I mean the one that the one that really caught my eye was the Toronto one, just because mm-hmm. like with you know, COVID and political stuff still kinda of all up in the air, like are they even gonna be able to go to Toronto? Yeah. Um that's what that's my concern. Uh I also heard a discussion on the uh, on the I think I think it was on the Breaking Points podcast with uh um with Tactical Rab and those guys um that they were just, they were just like why don't you just make every every major in Texas because you know that Texas probably is going to have pretty lenient policies yeah fans like should be able to be there 
Yeah, and uh, especially if they want to have, you know, fans at these lands and, you know, the whole, like, experience with, you know, a packed arena screaming and, you know, cheering for their team and stuff. Um, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think if they can travel, they should. Um, especially since it's only four events, too. Like, it's, you know, probably not unreasonable to expect your CDL team to be able to travel uh, four to up to four times uh considering that with modern warfare they were like gonna have all they were gonna have 12 land events um but obviously with only eight you know you're only playing in eight of them um mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i i'm excited for it i'm excited that the pro-am is going to be a land and not an online event too um Although they did not specify, I don't believe if it's going to be only NA challengers or if it's going to be the the four regions like you mentioned. Uh, I would think unless there's travel restrictions, it would have to be the four regions, but maybe not. Yeah, I mean, it, it would just be kind of, you know, who's going to fund a LATAM team to come? You know, yeah, to, true. Where, I mean, unless the CDL is going to like reach in their coffers and, you know, pay money for it. Um, I also think that it would be a huge like visa issue to get like a APAC team or whatever mm-hmm. um or just travel i mean travel is expensive and uh especially from somewhere that far yeah yeah um as much as i'd like to see the diversification my thing my idea is that i'm leaning towards thinking that it's going to be the top four a uh na challengers um but i could yeah, be wrong this year at least yeah 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 i mean we shoot um, we talk about players traveling from like texas to like new york for example and getting one series and having to get sent home imagine traveling from australia to texas and getting bopped in one round playing one series for half an hour oh my god yeah that would be like extra bad but yeah i, I think you're probably right it's probably the top four na teams but i think that'll maybe be for like just this year when hopefully there's better news in the world and travel becomes easier again. And then eventually I think they'll probably expand it to all regions if they can. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see these lands, uh, especially like the online matches. I can take it or leave it. Um, Unfortunately, that's going to be the majority of COD that we watch. Um, But, you know, obviously the lands will be fun. Uh, The streams tend to be a lot better with those two um so yeah I'm, I'm excited for those yeah so am i i'm really excited to get into the season lands are always more fun especially when crowd just like easy off play just gets going same thing in cod so we're really i mean i think the moment we all realized how much we missed that was when Seattle was upsetting phase and you could hear the crowd roar. And like, it was like, wow, this is like, we miss hearing this out of land. Uh, you almost forget because it had been so long since we'd heard it. We almost forget what it's like to hear that. Cause it was like since the beginning of MW until last year when we heard it. Uh, but that's about the state of Vanguard heading into the kickoff classic, like things to look out for. It doesn't look like the silent plant thing is going to be fixed. Although CDL Intel, I believe, said it was going to be fixed soon. Hopefully it's before the event because I don't want to watch somebody sit in a corner outside the bomb site waiting to hear the bomb get cranked and they turn the corner because they know it's getting planted or diffused. Like, hopefully that's fixed. Uh, otherwise, control spawns, they're supposed to be fixed. They're still really messed up. So I don't know if they've announced if we're going to be trying to play control in this event. You 
very they fix the stuns a little bit instead of doing now only do one thing that's completely broken about the patch though fortified now just completely protects you from a glide bomb you can literally be standing i don't know if you've seen this kyle but you can be standing in an open field completely still and the person can direct impact you with a glide bomb and you live if you have fortified so you quite literally get a missile dropped on your head and you just live if you have flak jacket on which obviously uh flak jacket should maybe protect you from like a nade or something it takes two nades to kill you three nades to kill you but you can literally drop a missile on somebody's head and they just keep running along uh if they have fortified on now which is quite interesting but you got anything on the state of vanguard and things to look out for i, I think it's slowly improving but obviously we, we've got a long ways to go that probably won't get fixed yeah, well, I mean, good thing that Fortified protects you from a direct-hit missile strike <laughs> because uh, that's really realistic in trophy systems. Uh, yeah. Apparently, you know, not appropriate to have in a World War II game. Um, I, I, you know, that's a meme that everyone, uh, <laughs> you know, pretty much tweets at every single, like, unrealistic development that happens within the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm hoping that uh, we'll be able to see control. I'm not... Uh, not sold that we're going to um but obviously the sooner we get to see three game modes being played the you know the better we can you know the more talking points we'll have for predictions mm -hmm. and stuff uh i i know we've seen uh i think teams have been scrimming control um you know reportedly the spawns got modified for that so hopefully it's a little bit more competitive uh not can't say that i've seen it because i haven't watched scrims but uh <laughs> yeah i mean I, i'm i don't know i'm just excited to to you know watch two cdl teams load into a map and play uh even you know even if the game is not perfect you know i i think we have what we have right now um you know there's you know eight there's only like eight months until champs like let's just try and enjoy what we have and you know at the end of the year, some, one team is going to be crowned. You know, one team is going to get a ring. Um, I'm sure things will, you know, hopefully get smoothed out and patched along the way. Like, you know, you know, sl as slow as it is, uh, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, we're we're on the cusp of the of the league right now, so I'm excited. Exciting, exciting times, and I'm excited to get into our bracket predictions. Are you ready to do this? Hopefully, we don't have too many disagreements on where we're going. Uh, you ready to get into our predictions? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So on the screen, I mean, you should see the bracket for the, the CDL season. Unfortunately, the CDL classic, as we just talked about things that they need to fix, they don't have a pick them out. There's like almost no website you can do a pick them. So we're just going to go through if you're an audio listener. Uh, obviously, we're just going to go through. It's pretty easy to follow because it's single elimination. It's not like double elimination teams going all over the place. So the bracket should be on the screen. You can kind of follow along if you're watching on YouTube. Otherwise, it's pretty simple to follow if you're listening because it is single elim and linear, so it's not as tough to follow as a double elim bracket, but we're just going to go round by round, obviously starting with that first round. There's four teams that got to buy, which is FaZe, Minnesota, Toronto, and Optic, which is based on last year's champs winning or finishes, so obviously you know Optic got fifth slash sixth, but technically they're like the Empire spot is what they're saying, so they're the other team that gets the buy, uh, so that's why they're in there, but We'll just go match by match and give our predictions. Hopefully we don't have too many disagreements because obviously we don't have a tiebreaker now thinking about maybe getting like one of uh, my friends or like a viewer every week or something to give us their predictions. And then we can like have a tiebreaker 
or something to go through with the matches each week. Something like that. Let us know ideas if you have one down below. Um, but without further ado, let's just jump in. Our first predictions of the year. It'll be better later in the year when we actually have the predictor on the website so we can follow along on the video. But for now, this is what we've got. I'm excited to get into the predictions. Let's see how many disagreements we have. Uh, this is really our first real predictions that we've done on the pod together. I'm excited. Uh, first match is the team that CDL Scrimtel is just absolutely over the moon on, the Seattle Surge, and the team that I'm over the moon on, the London Royal Ravens. Where are you thinking on this one? Uh, I, I was kind of biased by the um, Scrimtel, you know, reportedly ranking these teams. Uh, and maybe I'm buying into like the whole like cred hype or whatever, but I'm, I, I took the Surge here in a 3-1. Okay. I was thinking the opposite. I was going London 3-1. <laughs> okay. I don't, uh, I don't know that it really matters who wins this one because the winner plays phase. Yeah, exactly. I was, so I was just about to say. It's probably not going to change the tournament that much. I think this match, though, is like probably of all the first round matches, the hardest one to predict. Maybe not because like the we don't know. These teams might not even be even, but there's just so many question marks. Like, we haven't seen Afro play too many matches. We haven't seen Nasty or Gizmo play a match in the Pro League. And we haven't seen Zero in a year. And then on the side of Surge, we know Mac is super inconsistent. You know, accuracy. Super passionate about which team we pick, because I do think whoever wins is going to lose the next matchup to phase. But I went London 3-1, and you went Surge 3-1. I'm really okay. If, as a collective, we just want to advance. I mean, if you're good with advancing Surge on, we can advance them on and uh, as a collective pick. But maybe we'll just like split this one up and say I'm going London and you're going Surge because I think we're both going to pick whoever we pick to lose in the next round. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really passionate about either one. I think that they're going to get bopped by Phase in the next match anyway. So. Um... Yeah. Whoever we whoever we want to put through, I mean, we can obviously we'll be back next week to discuss all this. Uh, you know, maybe you know, maybe one of us will look you know really knowledgeable for picking one of the teams or whatever. Uh, but I don't think it changes the fact that they're going to get trounced no. by phase in the next match. So, so I think for an official prediction, we'll just say we're moving on surge, and then uh, we'll see how that match goes because that that predict that one such a toss-up unless you have inside info on one of the teams or something uh but i think we can move on to the next match if you're ready yeah all right so the next match uh phase next match is subliners versus boston breach this is one that i mean you'd think instantly you'd probably think subliners easy pick but from what we've been hearing i mean the the breach have looked really good in scrims and people are pretty high on them so maybe less of uh like a sure thing than you'd originally think i mean i, th- I think you'd probably most people would have said subliners easy uh before people started kind of getting hype on boston but i'm still going subliners in this one i don't know where yeah, you're at um, but I'm, I'm picking subliners i think yeah, i'd I- say a three actually i think i'm gonna put some of that stock in the breach i think i'd go three two subliners here I put Boston three zero. Um, really? I, I just think, yeah, I just I, I don't know. I'm kind of this is where we really need the tiebreaker, man. We've had two two I know two uh, uh two headbutting picks here, but um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, New York just got back to scrims. Uh, Clay said that they took a couple weeks off uh, when he was on the flank. Um, he, I don't know, he's not really, like, super high on, I mean, at least outwardly, he's not super high on, like, this tournament or whatever. Um, I think New York is a more, they're more of a uh, a big picture focused team right now. Like, they're focused on, like, you know, I think they'll be sitting, you know, obviously, like, in the in the top five or six easily when it comes to, like, CDL points throughout the season. Um, but as far as the single Elim tournament, I, I kind of took a flyer uh, with the Boston hype. Um, again, maybe a little bit too much reading into reading the tea leaves from Scrum Intel, but uh, seems to be pretty high on Boston, so I, I'm kind of riding that wave of the uh, acting like the smartest guy in the room. So I don't know. Shoot, I don't know where I want to go on this one because I, I was pretty willing on the other one to go, uh, to go with Surge because I don't really think it's going to matter in terms of the second round. But the next round, I complete three two because I actually think that Boston obviously has a pretty good chance from what we've heard of them being a, a pretty darn good team this year. But man, I do you think it's one hundred? I I'll go with Boston with you if you are so confident in them that you're like one hundred percent sure they're gonna win. <laughs> well, now I'm gonna look like an idiot when they get three would by New York and Hydra drops like seventy kills or something. Like, um, my issue with it was I I think I was gonna pick New York to probably win the next batch too. I was thinking or like make it close. Yeah, I, I'm willing to. I I mean, I'm willing to say we can go Boston just because there's so much hype behind it and. I could see, I mean, Klim, uh, geez, combine Krim and Clay's name there. Krim and Clay uh, do sometimes tend to start a little slow. seems like their teams, like Dallas Empire their first year with Shotzi and Illy and them, they, they started a little slow. Obviously, they were still like finishing in the top two, top three, but they seem to start a little slower and maybe they won't be uh, trying as hard. But man, I don't know. And I just don't, now that I'm thinking about the match more, I just don't know in Capsidal and Nero's first match i just don't know if they'll be able to bully neptune and hydra off the map i think they might be able to have their way so if we want to go boston i'm okay because i do think it'll be close but i think this might really screw up our bracket if new york ends up going to the semifinals yeah that's true i mean i'm not one way or the other i'm not like sold um this is like by far my most bold prediction in the bracket i believe uh, is kind of riding Boston for a little while. Um, but I don't know. Maybe we can just like, uh, if you want to put New York and then we can kind of just like remember that Kyle had your, that <laughs> I had, you know, I'll refer to myself in the third person now, um, but that, you know, but that I had Boston, if, if they go on to the semifinals, like I'm predicting uh spoiler um, that, you know, that all praise gets returned to me. For all right. Believing in Boston, but we can we can ride New York for the purposes of the of the pod, so we can move on. Okay, so we put Surge forward, and your first one we were split. We'll put New York forward in this one, so New okay. York advances to play Minnesota. Next matchup: Mutineers, Gorillas. You want to offer your thoughts on this one first? Where you're going? Yeah, I'm gonna. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't really believe in the whole. You know, I haven't seen it enough to believe in the whole trope that like. 
uh, slasher team is gonna like always start slow. Um, so I, I I'm and I'm kind of riding mutant or uh, not mutineers. I'm riding LAG here. Um, well, you had me worried for a second when you said mutineers. I was like, we're gonna split again because I'm with LAG too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna take LAG. I'm gonna be bold and take a three zero here. Okay, I don't know too much of Mac map count matters i was gonna go three yeah, one yeah, yeah. but i mean three oh three one i i agree i think it's gonna be lag i think it'll be maybe some close maps maybe florida will take a map but i, I do think lag is gonna win this one as well so we can move them on to play toronto all right last match of the round one thieves versus legion thieves you know there there's some ammo for legion to use on twitter because i remember when the bracket first came out the LAG Legion, so. Paris is going to have some ammo to use and some funny memes coming out if they end up beating the Thieves. But, I mean, I, I'm going Thieves here. I haven't picked really, like, a, a 3-0 because it's so hard to pick 3-0s when we don't have any any knowledge on the teams at all at this point. So, uh, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Thieves and just say they're going to win at 3-0 just to be bold. Although I do think Paris could sneak out a map or two because I think the maps might be sloppy uh, with teams just not having any any LAN experience or anything like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I also had Thieves in a 3-0. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to be too surprised if you know Paris somehow pushes it to like a game 4 or 5 even. Uh, I just think Thieves have a little bit more land experience, uh, a little bit more veteran leadership and teamwork. So, um, yeah, and I, I just think that they're the better team here. Yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty impossible to pick Paris because we know the talent that LA Thieves have. And until we actually see Paris have some success and string together some wins, it's pretty hard to put your faith in them uh, when they're not playing another bottom team. And to be honest, like the other teams that we think are towards the bottom are all kind of in a jumble right now, and we're waiting to see who actually is at that bottom. So it's, it's it's tough to predict Paris to win right now, but I honestly hope they win and just create chaos. But it's kind of nice that they don't, because if uh, Thieves is able to pull it out, we do get that Optic versus Thieves classic rivalry matchup, which would be nice to see already this early into the year. Um, but now we can move on to round two. We'll just go back up to the top. We've got, I mean, obviously we were split in this one, but like we said, kind of already spoiler uh spoiler alerted this one phase versus surge is what we're going with i mean i'm i'm picking phase uh i'll go with my 3-0 here because i think phase are going to be pretty dominant although i can see a world where maybe surge takes a map or two because phase screws around and doesn't want to show their search strats or their full strats or something but I- i'll take phase 3-0 over surge yeah i uh i i have phase obviously here um i picked a 3-2 um maybe just buying into like the surge, maybe putting up a little bit more resistance, uh, maybe a, a map or two getting mixy and falling to surge. Um, but you know, if phase is going to be as good as we say they are, uh, this should be a no brainer. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd be absolutely shocked. Although we saw Florida upset phase in, in the kickoff classic last year. So weirder things have happened, but I think we'll move phase onto the semifinals. And drop down to this this top part of the bracket that's really a mess for us since we were so split uh, on those first round matchups. And we said we were advancing New York on. Obviously, Kyle's got the asterisk pick here. He said he had Breach here and Breach winning uh, going on to the semifinals. But we've got New York here. 
which makes for an interesting matchup, maybe a little bit easier to predict, to be honest, because we know more about both Minnesota and New York just from knowing all the players fully. So it's New York uh, and a player that I think you like a lot in like Crim and Clay versus... um, okay. So, sure. You know, I, I I think as the game progresses to, uh, you know, favor SMGs and teams figure out how to play, I think that's when Rocker will really come into their own. Um, mm-hmm. Especially since we hear that they've been having struggles in scrims. They really haven't been, like, dominating as we might, you know, want them to or, you know, predict them to later on. Um so I'll temper my expectations. I'll I'll say that they'll be, you know, they'll play their first match and they'll get eliminated. So uh, unfortunate, but um, that's that's what I think. I'm not I'm not gonna be a total homer. Yeah, I think uh, I I feel like we kind of both have the same outlook on Minnesota for at least the early season. We both think they're probably gonna start pretty slow, and it's just a matter of them weathering the storm and not being completely horrible for that first like major maybe major and a half two majors it's about them like just being able to weather the storm kind of stick around that six seven eight range and then as their team kind of the teamwork forms and they they learn how to play more together uh kind of like they did last year they kind of go on a little run towards the end of the year same exact thing as last year i think we both kind of have that same outlook so i do think they're going to start a little slow maybe i'm going to be predicting a lot of minnesota losses early on but i fully expect them as the season goes along to kind of pick things up and become a lot more competitive but I'd agree. I think like a 3-1, 3-2 here in favor of uh, subliners would be the way to go. I also think if Boston does advance, they probably win just because just because of how much we've heard Minnesota has struggled. So we're moving on subliners to play phase in the semifinals. Then going on to that little bottom half of the bracket, we've got Ultra versus the Gorillas. This is an intriguing one because... We've got Ultra, who, once again, like we said, haven't really been scrimming. People don't know a lot about them, but we know they're like the second best team from last year. And then Gorillas, who are a team that has a lot of question marks, but are super, super intriguing because we know what we believe their skill ceiling could be, but we also know that their floor could be really low and they could plummet. So this will be an interesting one to see how it goes. Do you have any early thoughts? This one's maybe one of the closer ones uh, in my mind, at least so far. Yeah, I mean, um, on the flank, Clay said that Toronto is looking phenomenal, uh, or he, he, or I, I don't know if it was Clay that said that, or Zuma, or somebody said that they're looking really good, um, or they've been having good results. Uh, so you know, even though they're not, you know, publishing their scrim results or whatever, um, reportedly they are they are playing well. Um, not that that changes my mind. Uh, I probably would have predicted them to win this match anyway, but I have it going to a game five and ultra pulling it out. Okay. I, I, I agree. I was going to go ultra here. I, I, I don't know. I think, I think game five's good. I can also see a three, one. I definitely think that it won't be a three Oh, in either end, but I like, I like going with a three, two ultra. I like that as well, because I think it's hard to put all your chips in on LAG early, but now 
I can see the community overreacting to either way. Like if they get upset by Florida, I can see the community just freaking out that they're terrible. And if they beat Ultra here, I can see the community freaking out that they're already a top team. Uh, I feel like it's going to be, no matter what happens to the LAG this weekend, I feel like there's going to be an overreaction either way. But if they put up a solid performance here and like take Ultra to a deep series, even if they lose, I'm going to I'm gonna feel pretty good about LAG, but I'm going to agree. Move Toronto on 3-2. But uh, I, I'm really hoping to see something on LAG here, see them be really competitive with one of the top teams. Then we've got kind of the grudge match, the two big brands of the league, two really popular teams, Nature versus Hex. And now Hastro, which Nate Shot versus Hastro, we know that's gotten a little heated on Twitter in the past. But we've got Thieves versus Optic. Obviously, Optic has apparently, and everybody's saying, looked very, very, very good in scrims. Thieves have looked kind of middle of the road, according to that scrim tell uh, power rankings. Who you got? So for this one, I have um, I have Optic over LAT. I think Optic's just going to want to come out and like, Stun one. Um, I have a three zero. Okay. All right. Uh, I don't. I don't mind that. I could see. I could see them winning in a. Oh no! I think we're having more audio issues. Issues again. We might have lost Kyle for a second. All right. Well, while we try to reconnect Kyle here, I'll get give my thoughts on um, this matchup. Optic Thieves, obviously a rivalry matchup. Um, I don't, I don't know if I don't know. I, it's hard for me to go three zero in this matchup because I do think Envoy is going to have a little extra juice to play this one, even though it's not actually like an official matchup. Um, but I'm going to go Optic 3-1. I think, I mean, we're both picking the same team here. Um, so I can... Um, we can see if we got Kyle back in here. Kyle, can we hear you? Yeah, yeah. I guess, I don't know, our, our recording software is kind of... Bugging out tonight. Um, I guess we probably have both been dropping audio. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think we agreed that uh, Optic over LAT. I think we didn't you put it as a 3 1? Did I hear that right? Yeah. Okay. So then we're moving on to semis. Yeah, and we've got kind of a, a Cold War like semifinals brewing here. Uh, yeah. New York phase, Toronto, and Optic. But I feel like that's how a lot of early season predictions go, and you've got a lot of. Same teams and steady teams. It's hard to pick against them. Right. But phase New York, I mean, I don't think it matters who's here, whether it's uh, New York, Boston, Minnesota. I think it's pretty hard to pick against phase. Yeah, I have a phase over whoever they play. (laughs) Uh, 3-1. I have it at a 3-1. I think just for fun, if it is New York here, I think I'm going to go 3-2 because I think Krim and Clay are going to get motivated to beat phase. And I think it'll... Get a little mixy. They'll maybe win a, a search or two, and and make it a, a mixy game five. And then I think maybe Faze will blow them all like a six two game five. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not gonna fight it too much. I like like we said, we're not even really predicting like map counts. Really, we're more or less just going for you know winners and losers since you know the CDL hasn't even published a, a pick 'em <laughs> yet. So 
Yeah. So that moves that moves phase on to our finals to play the winner of Optic Toronto. Um, what do you what do you think about this one? This is pretty interesting because obviously it's a new set of players. There's no more formal or envoy on Optic. Ultra is the same, but now insert uh, Illy and Shotzi. But we know this Optic team, Scump and Dashi were a part of it. They were absolutely just destroyed by Toronto last year. They could not get past the Ultra last year. Yeah, uh, that's you know very true. Uh, to the sugar, much to the chagrin of a lot of optic fans, uh, just like the boogeyman Toronto uh, mm-hmm. would show up and knock off optic whenever their hopes are at their best. Um, but I'm gonna stick with optic. I think that they're like like I said. Uh, I don't know if the audio picked it up or whatever, but I was like, yeah, they're just gonna want to you know, come out and stunt on these teams. They're going to want to flex really hard and, you know, get really, uh, get everyone like saying that optics going to win champs and like, you know, future tripping to the max, um, you know, warranted or not. I think that that's just optics nature to want to like, you know, put on a show. Um, and, you know, maybe ultra will come out too and be like, we don't want to get, you know, blown off the stage. We want to like put up a fight and everything. But, uh, I don't know. I want uh, I'm gonna say optic three one, three one. Okay, I was thinking optic three two. So I mean, either way yeah. works. I I guess for me, I know that Toronto was their boogeyman. We've heard now from from like you said, Zoom or Clay were saying that Toronto looks really good, but there's always something about early season optic, early season scump teams. They always fry in like the first tournament or two or the first like set of regular season matches. They're always so good early on. And then as we get towards the middle of the year, we see them maybe get complacent or start to struggle. And that's like the never ending cycle with optic is dominant early on, then start to struggle, dominant, start to struggle. So I think it's going to be the same thing in this tournament here. I think optic is going to look extremely good. I think they'll finally get over that Toronto hump, which could be a really good way to start their year if they're able, even though it's just like an exhibition match, uh, it could be a really good way to start their year if they're able to kind of get over that mental hurdle, at least for Scumpadashi, that like, man, we beat Toronto. We haven't been able to do that uh, at all last year. So kind of get over that mental hurdle. I do think they're going to win here because, like I said, of how fast Optic always seems to start and get to the final that I think we all could hope for because hopefully it'll pull in some pretty good viewership being optic versus phase. So you got any thoughts on optic phase? I feel like this is probably both where we were going uh, for our finals, despite right. if we picked the, the like round ones or round twos different, we got, we got optic phase. You got any thoughts here? Cause I do feel like this is optics best chance. Obviously, unless we see phase, maybe look a little worse uh, this year than last. And we see optic look better. It feels like this is optics best chance to get an early crack because of how good they tend to be early in games. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, especially is this do we know if this is gonna be just a best of five or is it gonna be like a I, know, I don't even, I would assume since it's all single Elim, it's probably just yeah. a straight up best of five. Yeah, I don't even know if we, we do we even have enough maps to play a best of nine or like yeah, a seven or anything that's, like that's a good question. That's the, that's the concern here. Um Um but I don't know. I'm gonna take the easy way out. I'm gonna pick phase to win this. Um Map count, I don't know. I'm all over the board. I could see it being like a complete blowout if phase is really as good as uh as good as we think. Um, you know, if Optic, you know, comes out and gets smoked in the first map, do they just like lose composure and uh they just fall off for the rest of the series and they get three out, or 
do they put up a fight and like trade maps and go three two game five? You know, um, mm-hmm. but I'll I'll pick phase. I don't really care about the map count. Yeah, I'd agree. I think I think it'll for sure be a three one or three two though. Uh, I don't think it'll be a three zero in either fashion. But I'm gonna go phase here as well. I really want it to be different and pick optic just because it'd be fun, but. <sighs> It is just until we see FaZe actually struggle and lose to some teams, it is so hard when we haven't seen any official matches to ever pick against FaZe because of how dominant they've been since this roster formed. Uh, but I do think Optic actually does have, like, I'm not like, I'm not like 100% like FaZe is going to win this. I do think Optic has a chance with how good they typically tend to look early on. But um, like you said, it will be interesting if they get like blown out map one. Do they just like lose composure? The other thing, I, I haven't seen too much. Like, I haven't kept up on the scrim intel pages to like, see map counts of scrims too much but like i remember when i was seeing like maybe a few weeks ago maybe a month ago it seemed like every time optic played phase it was like very tight maps optic was sometimes winning a majority of the maps like it definitely wasn't like lopsided to phase so i i do think i'm not like very 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 confident that phase is gonna win like i think optic has a legit shot here mm-hmm. yeah i mean i wouldn't be surprised to see optic come out and like continue their you know, presumed run of form here with, uh, you know, turning up for their home crowd and everything. Uh, and I don't know, just kind of carrying that, like, you know, we want to prove that we're like the best team or like that we're like the phase killers or something. Uh, even though, you know, this is for no CDL points, it's really just like, nice, it's like an exhibit- dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice paycheck and, you know, bragging rights. Um, so, you know, there is stuff on the line, but, um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's really a toss up at the end of the day. Like, if if Optic is playing really well, um, and you know they catch Phase out or something or yeah, uh, whatever. I mean, I guess this is really just kind of like a the beginning of what should be a a season long, you know, you know staple like grand final or when winners finals or something matchup. So. Yeah, and it also, like, you know that the teams that lose first round are going to be like, you know what, whatever, it's just exhibition match and and stuff, and they're going to, like, brush it off and act like it doesn't matter. But, like, even though it's not for CDL points, like you mentioned, like, if there's a team that, like, a Boston that's maybe not expected to be a top team, but they do make that semifinal run, or, like, a Paris that ends up winning a match against Thieves, like, a pretty a team that we expect to be pretty good, or, like, some team that isn't as good, or even if, like, an Optic team does make a run and wins the finals, like, even though it is exhibitions, like, it's going to give you some confidence if you're able to look really good at this event and win some matches, especially if you're one of those teams like a Paris or a Boston or a Florida that has a lot of the question marks that we think might be towards the bottom. Like, if you're able to come out in this event and win a couple matches and look good, like it's it's regardless of whether they're exhibitions or not, and if the team's pulling all their strats, it's going to give you some confidence. And like, I hope teams are all taking the tournament seriously because even though it may not matter for the standings of the CDL, like starting on the right foot and getting some good reps with your team on land and and looking good uh, and just gaining some overall confidence heading into the year could be a big deal for some of these teams that are fringe playoff teams. Mm-hmm. All right, you got anything else to say about the bracket before we kind of go to our sports, down bad sports moment of the week and wrap things up? No, I, I mean, I'm just looking, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm just looking forward to seeing competitive Call of Duty again. I'm, oh, yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, for, for the whole offseason, hearing how bad the game was and like, you know, the lack of content, I was like, oh man, like this, this year's just going to suck, whatever. But kind of getting the, the juices flowing again. Uh, 
is nice obviously because you know being an especially being like a newer fan too it's like you you just want to see like this league succeed and uh i don't know you 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 still kind of have that like you know new like a almost like a Christmas day excitement for like the competitive scene again uh, and seeing like, you know, the names and the competition and stuff. So I'm, I'm excited. Oh, I'm so excited too. I, I hope we get a good weekend of COD and some, some crazy matches that lead to some good clips and hopefully some good viewership and get people uh, overall excited for the season. So it's a good year for the league. Um, but down bad sports over the week. I don't really, I mean, my teams are all done, so I don't really have like a terrible one. I will say, kind of like a living through my friend one that I had. We talked about this a little bit before the pod. Uh, I was watching some of the the playoff football games yesterday with a couple of my buddies. And one of them just like cooked up a little, like I think it was like a $5 parlay, just something cheap, just something fun to, to have going while we were watching the games. And it was like a nine parter, like something impossible that like, it's just something stupid you cook up just for fun. And, everything early on like the first eight legs of it all hit somehow i don't really remember the details on them i know there was uh, a couple like overs for passing yards i think there was like an over on jamar chase's receiving yards uh some like anytime touchdown scores and stuff and then uh it came down to the the night game bills versus patriots and he got down to the point where he needed i believe it was two more yards out of hunter henry and uh the tight end for the patriots and mac jones threw him a ball in the end zone it wasn't the greatest ball a little low but he was literally uncovered standing in the end zone and the ball just fell through his hands and it would have been a gain of over two yards and my friends like five dollar parlay would have hit for over a thousand dollars and the ball just actually fell through hunter henry's hands wide open and he was down so bad and i was like I was like sitting there. I obviously didn't like say that to him, but I was like, dude, I'd be down so bad if that was me. Cause literally the player dropped a wide open pass that would have hit his parlay and netted him like a thousand dollar win on just a random parlay he decided to make. So that was an extremely down bad moment living through, through my buddy there. Yeah. I mean, you know, not a whole lot to be down bad about. Uh, like you said, I, I will uh, pick one that's uh, pretty specific uh, today. My uh, my Detroit Pistons were playing the um, Phoenix Suns, and uh, Cade Cunningham got teed up uh, after dunking on a totally terrible call. Um, you know, he was kind of running like a a baseline uh, with the ball, went under the basket and dunked it. It was a pretty emphatic dunk, like a you know pretty like power strong dunk, and uh, you know he had like two guys covering him, and then uh proceeded to like point at the Pistons bench. Uh, and then immediately the whistle, like all the whistles went off and he got his second tech of the game mm-hmm. and got it. He got ejected. Um, a lot of Pistons Twitter was calling it really soft on the refs. Um, I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, um, maybe because he was already on a tech, they were just looking for, you know, any kind of reason to, uh, you know, be kind of, petty towards him or whatever um pistons were losing by 20 i don't think he was trying to like show anybody up um but you know all all the same just kind of um the larger uh commentary on nba and uh ncaa basketball officials just being like really petty and terrible and over calling games and stuff um and just kind of trying to insert themselves into the into the discourse of the game instead of just letting the game play out. Um, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I, I wasn't watching it live, but I, I saw the Twitter hysteria about it, and uh, I had to go watch it, and I was kind of appalled. Um, so I'm kind of down bad that, you know, he's got uh, got ejected. Um, I don't know if they do suspensions for ejections, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think it, you have to get a certain amount of texts or ejections, or obviously the ejection has to be for something really bad. Right. Uh, which, I mean, this isn't like, so it's not like he got in a fight or something where he was right, suspended, right, right. but I think it's like a certain amount of texts because like Rashid Wallace, your Pistons boy, used to hit that like every year and then he was in danger of being suspended. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's like 15 plus texts or something, but I don't know. I don't know. Does Kate have a lot of texts besides those? I don't believe so. Um, you know, but but uh, uh, you know, speaking of um, you know, the the Pistons fighting, uh, you know, when Isaiah Stewart was going after LeBron like a <laughs> month or two ago, that was an all time moment. <laughs> um, and then obviously the malice at the palace. So you know, we're we're not ones to back down from uh, no, you know, getting a little physical. Not even uh, fans. Yeah, exactly. I mean, our test is in the stands. What else can I say? Mm-hmm. You got to defend yourself. Yeah, that might be a little difficult to do, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you got anything else to say before I wrap it up? No, just again, um, you know, if these audio issues are coming through in the pod, um, apologize for those. Obviously, uh, we're working to uh, you know improve our you know setups uh, slowly but surely, and uh, you know, but we uh, thank you all obviously for sticking with us uh, throughout the you know tech glitches and stuff i know we've had a couple audio issues uh intermittent but uh you know nonetheless they do kind of they might detract from the experience but uh obviously thank you all for listening and uh i'll kick it back over to you yeah i echo that we've i don't know it was weird during the middle of this podcast it was like all of a sudden as we got into predictions like on my end your voice is cutting out on your end mine was cutting out so hopefully that didn't come through uh too poorly in the podcast obviously we're not in the same location doing a remote uh, kind of set up here to record and it for the longest time was working really really well and then like you said the last couple weeks we've had a few little glitches for like a 30 second window where like some of the audio just cuts out and it's been odd because that was never an issue in the past uh, for us we never really had any audio glitches that were uh, too noticeable or even noticeable at all uh, but yeah so like kyle said if those came through i apologize because we're working on uh, fixing all that and it's kind of tough when you're on minute 55 of a recording and then all of a sudden the glitches start to come through because it's really, really, really sucky to have to get rid of 55 minutes worth of content that you've already talked about. Cause it's kind of hard to, to rehash it all out, but we apologize if those came through. And also like Kyle said, shout out to all of you that stuck with us through this, this whole off season really as Call of Duty was in uh, kind of a lull, especially competitive God. It's been kind of a rough couple of months for the competitive scene, but we're finally here. We're finally to the season. Who knows if it's going to be one of our best or if it's going to be a little down like the offseason was. But regardless, we're going to be here producing content and looking to really improve the level of the content. We have some plans coming up that hopefully as we get into the season, we can start kind of kicking off. But we're excited to to really just get into the season and be able to talk some matches and not just speculate on all the teams. So if you guys enjoyed this one, please be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube as well as drop follows and reviews on all the audio platforms. We really appreciate it. Like I said, we're so excited to get into the season and start talking COD and really displaying uh, our our level of knowledge or maybe lack thereof in some cases on the Call of Duty scene and the Call of Duty matches that we see. But that's going to do it for this one. We'll see you in the next one with some reactions to the matches that we see for the first time this year. So thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you in the next one.